perspective uh, is, is ties in. So, Hey everyone. Um, so in worship this morning, I had such a strong sense of um, the Lord um, as the gardener. Um, I almost felt like I could smell earth that had been tilled and I it felt there was that sense of like there's dew on the leaves and the sun was coming. It was that beautiful kind of spring moment. And I felt like the Lord is saying, he's been preparing the soil and the soil is ready. And he's preparing the soil for a new planting and um, a new planting of the Lord. But what he really pointed out to me is that today the new planting for some of you is a replanting and it's a repositioning. And so for where those of us who felt that um, where we've been planted, we maybe we're not getting enough sunlight or our, you know, as a tree we can't stretch out, like maybe we're next to a fence or we're limited and we're held in. And I feel like the Lord is saying, um, I am repositioning you into an open space, into beautiful, pleasant spaces. And I felt like the Lord said, when you say that, that some people are going to be replanted and repositioned, there are going to be some of you that are going to feel like a, a jolt in your heart because that's the Lord speaking that to you right now, that he's replanting and repositioning you so that you can be thriving and flourishing as he's intended you to be. Mm. If that's you, if you, if you feel that in any way... Um, Maybe just stand right now and then Angela's going to pray. Just, it could be anything. It doesn't have to be, it could yeah. be spiritual, it could be practical. Mm. Holy Spirit, we thank you for the work that you have done and the work that you're doing and that you continue to do. And so right now, for those of us that you are calling us for the new thing, for the new planting and the new position, so that we can be open up, that we can spread out, that we can receive the full light of the sun on us, we say yes, Jesus, thank you that you're planting us down deep, that your plans for us for, are for good that you're bringing hope, you're bringing the future and the flourish that you had always intended for us, that no longer do we feel that we're cramped and contained and we're not living out the glory of Jesus in our lives, but that you have brought us out into the full sun, into open spaces with you, Holy Spirit. Yeah, we, we bless these new plantings of the Lord. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Yeah, thanks, Ange. So good, yep. It's good. You guys ready? I, um, I wanted to, we were going to do something different originally. Dean and I were going to share a little bit of practical vision stuff. Uh, but I really felt during the week, especially after last Sunday, uh, God just prompted my heart to kind of hit some of this stuff again. Um, around prayer and intimacy with the Lord and and um, you know we we I'm just gonna I'm just gonna jump straight into it tonight's gonna be fantastic I'd encourage you we've got Lex and Paul leading worship and I, I would encourage you come along and and um, and just get in the presence of God and and uh, if you need a miracle in your body or you need anything you know there's nothing special about the water there was nothing special about the hem of Jesus's garment it was just a garment. But the faith point was the woman believed that if she just touched the hem of his garment, she would be healed. There was nothing special about the spit that Jesus rubbed in, the, in mud and, and, and rubbed it on the, the man's eyes. 
It was the faith point. Jesus never rebuked anyone for having little faith ever. He would always correct and bring people back to the true source of faith, which is him. But he never, ever rebuked anyone for coming to him. That's just good. And so, anyway, I'd encourage you, come, if you can, come along. It's going to be good. Um, the original design of God was Adam, man and woman in the garden, tilling the ground together, working the land before the curse, and, and God walking in the cool of the day with, with Adam. That was the original design. Yeah? That was the original plan. So the, we can know the, before sin came in, there was this uh, relational connection that Adam and Eve had with the Father, with the Son and with the Holy Spirit that they had. They could walk. They could come to the throne room. The throne room came to them. They could be in intimate relationship with their Father and they could, they could work together. They could tend to the garden together. They could jump in the four, one of the four rivers together. Who knows what they did, right? But that was the original design. So what did prayer look like in the garden? Communion. Communion with God. Prayer looked like a conversation, not a beg. <laughs> prayer looked like Hey, how are you doing today? And God said, I'm always good. <laughs> how are you doing? I've heard people say, I don't need to pray because God already knows everything that I need. Well, that's not a relationship. Wow. I, my, I know generally nine times out of ten, actually no, I shouldn't say, probably six out of ten, why my kids are crying. <laughs> <laughs> as their father but geez I love it when they come and they say hey I just need a cuddle I know they probably need that I know they need a tissue I know they need more sleep <laughs> you know I know they need probably just some food you'll be alright if you just eat but I don't, I don't like smite them when they're like hey I need you know they don't know what they need or they don't know you know, I'm not like, oh, you should know better and you should know what you need. And No, my job as a father is to come next to them, comfort them and show them and lead them and guide them into a place where they will grow up into maturity of who they are so that they won't, hopefully when they're 21, the relationship or 18, 19, 20, 21, they will still come to me but they will know themselves how to actually steward their lives. That they'll come to me not to necessarily get, but come to me because of relationship. Are you with me? Yeah. I, I, you know, there are babies, they just... Wah! And they know, we know, they either need sleep or they need milk or food, they're not worrying about how they're going to get provided for. I haven't met a baby yet or a toddler yet. They're like, I am so concerned 
about where food's going to come from. <laughs> Unless there's poverty. So that's the original design. Obviously, sin separated us. We know this. I'm just going to do this really quickly. But, um, you know, uh, Christianity was Jesus going to the cross to, to atone for sin because that was the root issue and separation of humanity. I've, I've heard it and I, I agree with this to an extent, but sin separated God from man, not, not because God couldn't be around sin. Because remember, when Adam and Eve sinned, God came to the walk in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve. He says, he said, where are you? They didn't go looking for God. They were in shame and in guilt and in condemnation. He came looking for them. Wow. Our God is the God that comes down from heaven, from down from his throne and pursues his kids. And anything that gets in the way of love, he violently goes after. And so God comes to Adam and Eve, where are you? First game of hide and seek in history of humanity. Right? Where are you? And they're clothed in, you know, fig, you know they're, they're, like, they're like hiding. They don't even have the fig leaves on yet, or maybe they do, they do and they're hiding and... You know, they're just like, we're naked. And, and, and God's like, who did this? And then we have, we know the story. We have obviously Eve. We have Adam blaming Eve. <laughs> the woman you gave me, God. <laughs> it's like the first buck blame, you know, it was her fault. And... But what does God do? God doesn't punish them by kicking them out of the garden. He protects them. And he already has in motion a plan of redemption. It says the woman's heel will crush Satan. Talking and prophesying about Jesus. So Adam removes them from the garden because he's, and then he protects the garden because he says, if you eat from this tree, you will forever be in that state. So that says God doesn't want humanity in that state. Right? He knew. This, didn't, this wasn't like, oh my goodness, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> but he still chose to create humanity knowing full well they'll mess it up. If that doesn't get you in the sense of like, okay, he, he knows people are going to... He knows that people in the year 2023 are going to say vile things about the name of God. He knew that. And he says, this is a really good idea that we create man in our image. Let's give them the choice to love us back. But we're going to make the choice. We're going to predestine the idea to love them, regardless of what they say. That's why Jesus on the cross can say, Father, forgive them. They do not have a clue what they're doing. So that's the original. That, sep that sin, yes, it separates us from God, but it, it actually de it defiles the created purpose and value that you were designed for 
So, because you, you don't, you're not walking in the fullness of what you were designed for until you become a new creation in Christ. And so we know this, Christianity, Romans 6, talks about, says, Consider yourself in the likeness of his death and also in the likeness of his resurrection. Mercy is you, don't, you do something wrong and you don't get punished for it. Right? I'm doing 100 kilometers an hour in a 60k zone. I get pulled over by the police. They don't give me a ticket. That's mercy. Right? I deserve to get punished for my crime. That's mercy. Yeah? Police come to my door. I've committed murder. They're like, we're not going to put you in jail. That's mercy. Grace is the policeman pulls me over for doing 60 kilometer an hour zone. He says, hey, listen. Doing 100 in a 60 zone, he says, hey, listen, there was a man who was perfect, who took on every ounce of punishment, every ounce of penalty that you should get for the sins that you've committed. He took that on and has settled your account and has wiped it clean as if you never did that speeding fine, not just forget, he doesn't remember, he cast it as far as the east is from the west, but he's not going to leave you there. He actually wants to give you a brand new engine in your heart, a brand new gear shift, a brand new clutch, a brand new pedal, a brand new paint job, a brand new everything, so that you can actually live this thing called the Christian life out. That's grace. I hope you catch the analogy. If I need to explain it again, Dean will email you, okay? (laughs) Just kidding. That's grace. Mercy is you don't get you. I'm not going to punish you. Grace is I'm going to empower you to live the gospel. I'm going to empower you to live free. I'm going to empower you. The vehicle now is possible Yes, to do miracles. Yes, to see signs and wonders happen. Yes, to cast out demons. Yes, to do all of those things. But the original design was intimacy with God. I personally, I hope I get this right, I personally have seen people love the Lord and do miracles for God outside of, or or just works for God. They're saved, they're in the kingdom, but they spend their entire life walking around not fully knowing who God is and who they are. Doing works, doing the stuff is not bad. We need Marthas, <laughs> we need workers, we need more labourers to go out into the, into the harvest field and reach the lost and shine light. We need just everyone. I haven't seen people who have got such a rich intimacy with the Lord struggle with growth when they're required to do more in the Lord. I hope this I hope I'm articulating this right. Because 
if we're on this side and we're doing, 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 and we're human doings, not human beings, and we're do, 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 and we've got to be doers, we've got to do, we've got stuff to get done, right? But it's, it, we're doing something to get something that we already have, which was Adam and Eve. They were already like God created in his image and in his likeness. And they tried to eat a tree to get more knowledge of good and evil. And when they did that, they lost the very thing that they already were. Right? I've shared this story here before where we were seeing countless miracles. We were seeing people get off crutches. We were seeing all this stuff and God taps me on the shoulder. He says, hey, I miss you. There was years where I shared testimonies because I was, I was, there was an insecurity in me that was, that was like, I need to be validated by humans. And so for years I stopped sharing testimonies only for a season because God needed to deal with that thing in my heart to say, if you get your validation from man, you'll fall by their criticism as well. And he just kills that in us because he's like, I only want your validation to come from me. Doesn't mean we don't take correction from people. Doesn't mean we don't listen to wisdom and advice from people. But the validation of who I am comes from him. Full stop. Doesn't, come, doesn't matter what our past is. Doesn't matter what our, our, our uh, you know, upbringing is. It doesn't matter what things have happened in our past. They might be traumatic. They might be horrible. But you're a new creation in Christ now. The old is gone, the new has come. So your validation comes from him. And then out of that, when there's miracles and there's you know, ministries that are birthed or there's you know, some, someone there and you pray for someone and they get healed or you baptize them and they get led to the Lord, you're boasting in him. You're not boasting in you. Jalil teaches, our friend Jalil, which, who a lot of you know, he taught me that in the Jewish culture, there is no um, positional theology. When Paul says, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, that isn't positional, that's factual. You weren't a positional sinner. You were a sinner, if you know Christ in him. There is no position. So, so my point is, Intimacy, so we're in this camp, we're doing, 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 to get something. I would like to propose that our prayer life is anchored in lack. Just think with me. If we're here always, we don't have a good intimacy base with the Lord. Our prayer life is, I need more to be satisfied. If we're here, we become thankful. We become intimate. Not to get, we already have. Thank you, Lord, that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you have set me free. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We're going to read through Paul's prayers and you're going to be, I reckon you'll be shocked today to see how Paul prayed. I reckon it might shift some things. And that's what I'm hoping. That we would shift our prayer. The secret to praying is praying in secret. Yeah? There are prayers that God doesn't answer because we don't know what the spirit we are praying in. If you need a biblical reference for that, 
the sons of thunder try to call down fire on a city. I think there are sometimes that God is trying to get us to, he's trying to prune you and I to get us to a place where we can handle more of the glory. He's, just, he's a rewarder of those who dil- diligently seek him. What farmer plants a seed and goes, yeah, well, that'll never bear fruit. <laughs> I haven't met one yet. (laughs) Yeah? He's trying to prune the individual, the corporate, the family, so that the individual can can handle more. Uh, It's statistically proven that great men and women of God can handle failure. Most people can handle failure. It's proven that not many people can handle success. Because they make it about them. I did this. I did this. I was the one who went. I was the, I was the great man of God. I was, I was, I was. If you, can, if you do revival history study, and, and we don't have time to get into this, but if you do a lot of studies of that, um, you will always find failure. You will always find failure is when they, they elevated themselves as the man or woman of God as opposed to staying humble and contrite and broken in spirit, that they, they constantly say, hey, I, I, I just need you. I just need you. I have everything I need for life and godliness, but without you, I'm nothing. And that posture of heart, they, I believe that's the John 14 where he says, ask anything in my name and it'll be done. That was all not in the notes. (laughs) Complaining is faith in the wrong world. Complaining is just faith in the wrong world. Whereas communion with with God is is prayer and thankfulness is, is, is faith in his world. And... You know, I really believe that what the Lord wants to do here and what he is doing is that he wants to create such a presence of, such a a, a tangible, you're a vessel, right? Let's just take the wedding of Cana, the first miracle that Jesus did, right? Let's just take that, as. let's just go there for a moment, right? So water, you know the body is, help me out scientists in the room, 73, 77, what is it? 70-ish percent water. So the body is 70% water. God says, I will cover the earth. Think, he will do it. How? How will God cover the earth with his water, with his glory, sorry, as the water covers the sea? God says, I will cover the earth with my glory as the water covers the sea. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Okay. So Ephesians 3, we're going to read it at the end, but it says that you may be filled to the fullness of God. The fullness. That's just bonk. 
focus that the fullness of God can dwell in a human being. Oh my word. Epic. That needs to mess you up. So the fullness of God can dwell in you. And like Andrew's word, the planting of the Lord. You got a little seed that grows and grows and grows and needs to be repotted. It needs to be moved. It needs to be have tent, more soil, more nutrients to get attracted to it. So we host the glory of God. The wedding at Cana, I love it because it's a prophetic picture, yes, of the new spirit of the new wine getting poured out, but it's at a wedding. It's not at a business meeting. It's at a marriage supper between a man and a woman. Man and a woman. All right, let's leave that there. So, wedding, six clay pots, water in them. Jesus turns water into wine. The number six is the number of man. When it, you know, 666, it's not the demonic number, it's the number of man. Right? So six is, is the number of humanity. Jesus, what did Adam and Eve created, or what's Adam created out of? The clay of the ground. Clay pots. Six of them. Water inside them. Until the Holy Spirit takes up residency inside you, you're just a clay pot with water inside of it. You're dead. God doesn't take, he, he, God takes dead men and makes them come alive. God takes something clay and he goes, hey, I'm going to put, I've got a great idea, Jesus. And Jesus, what is it? Holy Spirit says, let me go and take up residency inside of people. They went, oh, yeah. But there is another spirit in there. So what do we do? Holy Spirit says, up, oh, I'll take care of that. When they become born again, that's exactly what they'll do. They'll become born again. Not born from the will of man or of flesh, but born from above, born by the Spirit. And so now we're back, we're back in right relationship with God because my spirit's pure, your spirit's pure, it's holy, it's righteous. There isn't anything you can do to make it more righteous. But we're babies, we're infants, and we're learning how to have communion with God again. Not to get more, we've got everything we need for life and godliness. So our prayer life then has to become union with him. And we're, we're so, I think Ben prayed it in the prayer meeting in there, that we become so filled with the fullness of God. Ephesians 5 says, Do not be drunk on wine, but be filled with the Spirit of God. Epic. So six clay pots become. I'd like to propose that Jesus is the seventh perfect clay pot. Filled with the fullness, he touches the water, turns into wine. Takes something natural, makes it supernatural, which is his natural. Have you seen there's that meme where it says, you know, there's a row of wines and it says water? Because <laughs> Jesus was here. 
Uh, turn with me to Romans 8. How good is this weather? Praise the Lord. Man, we, there, what was that yellow thing in the sky that we just... Do you know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Um, again, Jalil, he's getting a lot of mentions today. Um, so in Jewish culture, they would sweep the house. The, 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 often the, the wife would sweep the house clean. So the woman would do it. And I think that's, um, you know, where in, when the, Jesus sends out, you know, goes after the one. Leaves the 99 behind that parable. And you got the parable of the lost coin. It gets, the house gets swept clean by the, the, the woman. Right? And so the wife would sweep the house clean of all, uh, of all leaven. And then they would bake the new bread for the Passover meal. And they would, this is in Jewish culture and they still do it today. And they would crack the, the bread and there would be three cloths. And they would hide it in the middle cloth. Wrap it up in a cloth and hide that bit of bread, that half of it, somewhere in the house for the children to come and find. Just think this through with me. This is fair. I don't know how the Jews miss this. In cloth, middle cloth, father, son, wrapped in a cloth, broken, hidden in a tomb, and for the kids to find. But then when they bring the cloth out and they unravel the bread, they break it and you drink, you eat it, the, bro the bread that was broken, and you drink it with a cup of redemption. Does that sound like something that we might do occasionally? Right? And so, but the cool thing is that bread, there is zero leaven in the house. And th there would be a little bit of leaven left and the dad will come home and he'll sweep that last bit of leaven out and be like, wow, look how good I, job I did. <laughs> But there's no leaven. They bake the bread. You cannot have leaven in the bread anymore. It does not matter what you try and do. You cannot put leaven inside of a bread, bread that is baked. You can't do it. You can roll around in leaven. You can roll around in sin. You can do all of those things. That's not going to benefit you anything. Because sin br brings life to death. But the internal reality of your heart cannot be changed once it's fully baked so you're a full baked bread because a little leaven leavens the whole lump so who's the leaven that you have now inside you the holy ghost are you with me okay so romans 8 let's go there so in context of that all of romans 5 6 7 and 8 um, is pointing to uh, there's a, a shift in, in uh, scriptural reading when you read entire passages in context. Romans 9 starts to shift gears, but Romans 8 is the culmination of really Romans 1 to 8. And so we're going to start at verse, um, we know we've been adopted in crying, Abba, Father, but then we're going to go down to verse, actually no, let's verse, verse 12 first. So then brothers, we are dead as not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. 
For you do not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received, all right, past tense, have received it. You've got it. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God and if children then heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. All right, if you think you're going to get out of suffering in this world, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about like God's giving you sickness to teach you a lesson. That's not what I'm talking about. But if you think there's not suffering, then just turn on the news for a little bit. All right. Then he goes on. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For creation is eager, eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. It's not, the creation isn't groaning for more evangelists. Pastors, teachers, apostles, prophets. It's groaning for you and I to reveal the sonship and the inheritance and the co-heirs with Christ that we've already become. That's what it's groaning for. Right? So we've got creation groaning. Verse 22, for we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. I don't have a million dollars and go, well, I hope for a million dollars. No, I already have it then. Right? Now hope that he sees, no, for, if we, for who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Verse 26, this is our next, we're going to read the whole thing. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray. For as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings to deep for words. I was talking with Silas, I think, last week. Prayer at its simplest form is communion with God. Now, there's multiple types of prayer in Scripture. I believe this passage is talking about there is a travailing in the Spirit where it's not tongues, it's groanings too deep for any words. I do believe that's what it's talking about. There is tongues, there is declarations, there is waiting on the Lord, there is intercession, and then there's intercession with groaning too deep for words. There are multiple others. I'm not going to go into them today. But that's what I believe that is saying. However, the point I want to pull out from it is that our spirit knows what to pray. God is breathing on this thing of prayer. I shared it on Monday night. I was strong, I know. But I don't apologise for it. Corporately, if, if, let me explain this. You don't have a choice. I've got the mic. <clears throat> I got home from Sunday. 
And, and I was listening to a message and it reminded me about this and it was on a similar thought around the tuning fork. That if you have instruments in the room, you can have a piano, you can have a keyboard, you can have all different instruments, that they would tune, there would be a tuning fork that would play a note that all the instruments to be in a symphony come into alignment with that. Yeah? When the upper room happened in Acts 2 and the outpouring of the Spirit, that it says, the Bible says they were in one accord. So we have all different gifts and we're all different parts of the body and we all have a unique expression and God celebrates that. You, ben shouldn't be Liam and I shouldn't be Sam and Anne shouldn't be Lisa and Dean shouldn't be me and Matt shouldn't be me. It's, there is a unique expression and call of God on your life and we don't need to have cookie cutter Christians that look like this. However, Paul prays in Galatians, he says, I yearn, I pray, I travail that Christ would be formed in you. I'd like to propose that the one accord, the tuning fork of this thing called prayer, that we go into our quiet bedroom and we have our quiet time with the Lord, but when we come Monday nights, Thursday nights, Sunday morning, when, when we're praying, when we're praying, especially our Monday and Thursday nights, just for a little bit, I'm talking this, but this is not just for that, this is how we live our lives. That we don't, I'm not coming with Liam's prophetic insight into how the end times are going to uh, play out. There is a space for that and we believe in that. I'm not coming with my interpretation of how this thing should play out. I'm coming to lay low and humble myself and come in to the tuning fork, which is Jesus. And then what happens is my... My, possibly my interpretation comes into alignment with him. Then you have one that slays 1,000, two slay 10,000, three slay, you've got five, you've got 10, you've got 100, you've got 15, you've got 20, you've got 30, 40 people, whatever in the room, that all of a sudden there's a one accord. All of a sudden there's a prayer because there's a spirit gets released into a people that say, hey, we're here to host you, Jesus. We're here to come face to face with you. And he goes, oh, angels, check this out. He goes, Michael, Gabriel, come over here. God, the Father, listen, 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 listen to that. They're not coming with their own agenda. They're coming to align with heaven. Oh, we've found a people. Guess what? Let's pour a bit out. There it is. <laughs> Do you want some more? Let's pour some more out. They can handle it because they're not going to prostitute it. They're not going to sell it. They're not going to give it. They're going to give it away to people who need it. We can pour it out. We can pour it out. And the angels get released because people start partnering with angels. Right? That's what it says. It says angels are, though, are ministers of flames and fire that will inherit those that will inherit salvation. Well, that's you and I. Are you with me? Yes. 
Is there a time where we pray prophecy, where we, we, we have the prophetic declarations and the prophetic decrees and we, God's doing this and we need to be on, on, on warning and we need to listen to the prophetic voices and we need those pictures and those visions? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a part of prayer. Absolutely. I'm not diminishing that. But let's look at, for the last like five minutes or so, I'm going to show you how Paul prayed. How did Jesus pray? God, let them be one as you and I are one. God, I pray I've kept them in the world except for Judas. God, I thank you. God, I pray that you wouldn't take them out of the world, but you would keep them in the world, that they would be, you know. That's Jesus, our Father, our Father. The one thing the disciples asked of Jesus was teach us how to pray. Teach us. We don't have a clue what we're doing. Teach us how to pray. That's what Jesus, that's what the disciples said to Jesus. Our Father, I didn't have it. Hallelujah, you know, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's just a staple good thing to know. His will, not mine. <laughs> really good. Really good. Some of us might need to adjust some things. Do you know people, I hear a lot, I hear a lot. Um, you know, the devil's got this plan and do you, you know, God's got a plan. Come on. God's got a plan. It's not like he's like, oh my word. <laughs> All right, uh, angelic heavenly host meeting, guys. What are we going to do? No, no. He's got a plan. And I believe this. His plan is to pour his glory out in and on individuals, churches, regions. It's the book of Revelation. It's the churches. It's to the angel of the churches. It's to the angel of the church in Ephesus. The angel of the church in Corinth. It's the angel of the church. So there are heavenly assignments. There are things you're not meant to do in the spiritual realm because that's why he created angels. Where's our fight? Heavenly places, principalities, powers. How do we tear down strongholds? Some of us can't get off Instagram. And we're expected to tear down a principality over Lilydale. Alright, listen to this. Paul, Paul prays. If the shoe fits, just take it off. <coughs> in... in um, you know, in, in, the, uh, in the algorithm world of, of, uh, of, you know, oh man, something happened the other day. I was like, I don't even think I mentioned that. And it's on my Instagram feed. Now I'm saying I'm on Instagram. <laughs> but I'm like, the algorithm gets attracted to what you're thinking about or what you're verbalizing or what you're typing in your Google search feed. Right? Yeah? In the heavenly realm... What if our prayers have so often been out of lack and out of begging as opposed to catching the heartbeat of the Father and actually praying his will? Jesus said, I only do what I see my Father do and I only pray what I see my Father pray. What if prayer, if I can shift our focus a little bit for a culture, if we can shift our heartbeat just a little bit to just tweak it slightly where we go, hey God, we come, we want to pray and decree what you're saying. 
We need the tuning fork of heaven. I need my instrument, your instrument, this instrument to sound like him. Don't need it to sound like me. I need it to sound like him. All right, Lord, show me, teach me. What, what does this look like? What does this sound like? So often I think our prayers, we've prayed, God, fix this, change this, do whatever, which aren't bad prayers, but they've come out of a place of reaction to the devil. So that means the devil's had a role in setting our agenda and our prayer life, as opposed to praying what God's praying. And then our algorithms of our world start to attract heaven, not the other realm. Just maybe. All right. Let's read, let's read some of these together. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just jump through them. But um, these are Paul's prayers, and I just, they're not all of them. Just, I've just picked out some just for time's sake, but, um, and then we'll close. Romans 1, 8 to 10. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all you because your faith is being rooted, uh, sorry, your faith is being reported all over the world. God whom I serve with my whole heart is preaching the gospel of his son. In my witness, how constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times. And I pray that now at last by God's will, the way may be opened for me to come to you. Just, just, I want you to catch your own threads of what Paul, how Paul prays. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayers to God for all the Israelites is that they may be saved. Roman, that's Romans 10.1. Romans 11.33. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counsellor, or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Romans 12, 12. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Romans 15, 5. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give your, you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus, so that with one heart and mouth you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I hope you're catching how often Paul doesn't really pray for external things, that he prays that Christ would be formed in you. I want you to catch that. But thanks, this is uh, 1, 2 Corinthians 2.14. But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. For we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one who uh, we are the smell of death, to the other the fragrance of life and who is equal to such a task. Ephesians 1, we know this one very well. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you a spirit of wisdom, revelation, so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which you've been called, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. And his incomparable great power for us who believe. The power is like the working of his might and strength. And he is exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And seated him at the right hand of the heavenly realms. 
Ephesians 6, pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Philippians 1.3, I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership with the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Philippians 1.9, and this my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in the knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to glory and praise of God. All right, we'll stop there. Are you catching it? Why don't you stand? Sometimes we can be um, really slow to learn things. Uh, that's me. <laughs> My... Uh, my mum over here used to uh, always say, Liam, if you're not praying, you're just the target for the devil, basically. And you need to have a strong prayer team in the church. You need to have good intercessors who cover you in prayer, who protect the team. And we have that. We have that. We've got great teams. Um, but I believe what the Lord's doing across the nation, or the amount of people I've talked to in the last week that are like, Liam, God's bringing us back to intimacy in prayer. Oh, it's, un it's unbelievable. So much so that um, a couple of people who we're bringing out next year are really move powerfully in this, in this realm of moving powerfully in the spirit. The Romans 8 passage there is about how you live your life in the spirit as a new believer. And it's union with God first. We catch the tuning fork of Jesus. And I believe this is what the outcome is. Romans 8, 31 says, What thou shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all? How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? He'll graciously give us all things. Come on. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who has raised, who, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed interceding for us, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger or sword, as it is written. In verse 37, knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors. Through him, so how are you more than a conqueror? Through Liam's great... No, through him. Through Christ. My preaching is good, by the way, Ben. Thanks, mate. <laughs> For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. It does not say your past. 
I've heard it teach that people say the devil would like to, you know, it's because your past is, there's no, in your, the armour, you don't have anything at the back. That's true. But that's the context of this passage, Romans 6, Romans 7, Romans 8, is because your past has been crucified with Christ. And so he's saying, all right, your past is crucified. Don't worry about that. Height, depth, angel, principality, power, anything can separate you from that love. All right. I just want to take one minute, and I'm going to time it, for you to just... Maybe you need to repent. Maybe you need to come to the Lord and say, hey, I've been praying prayers that because I want my life to be more comfortable. I've been praying prayers out of selfish ambition. Maybe I've been praying prayers. Maybe I've been coming to you for the wrong motives. And God's such a gracious father because he just comes to us. And he says, that's okay. Thank you. Let's go again. But I, 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 want it, I want us to just, I, I really feel like the purity of the heart and the fear of God on this thing about prayer. That this house, that Jesus said, my house will be a house of prayer. That my house will be a house of prayer to the nations. That you and I would be the tuning fork. That, sorry, you and I would be the instruments that come into alignment with the tuning fork. The tuning fork is Jesus. So just take a minute. We're going to have no music. Just one minute. Just do business with the Lord. God can get a lot done in a very short amount of time. your heart. That was one minute exactly. Holy Spirit, I just declare right now that you would soften our hearts, that like Andrew's prophecy, that the soil is rich and ready for nutrients to flourish through, Lord. God, I pray that there would be a, 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 a broken and contrite spirit in this house, Lord. I pray, Father, I thank you I thank you that Christ is being formed in each and every individual in this room, that Jesus would be glorified, that you would be, make your name manifest in this house and in this region, in our own personal lives, Lord, that our prayer capacity would grow. Lord, we thank you for the intercessors. Just pray with me, Lord, uh, church. Just we pray, for, we thank you for the intercessors, but we don't let them just be the only ones that pray. We would be the ones that pray in secret, then that you would, what is declared in secret, you would shout from the mountaintops, Lord. What is declared and shown in secret would be revealed in public. I pray for the Davids that, uh, that killed a bear and a lion in secret that would be promoted, that would be thrust into places of authority, to places of influence, but they would not fall or stumble like David, but they would continually be a man after God's own heart, 
They would continually keep themselves in that place of tuning fork unto the Lord. That they would be in Christ and Christ in them. And that Jesus would see the unity of the bond of peace. The unity of the Spirit of God inside of the four walls of the church and outside in community. That the kingdom of God would leak. That you would pour us out like the, the, the clay pots. That you would pour us out. That we'd be as sheep in the midst of wolves. And we'd say, hey wolves, come and have a nibble of this. It tastes really good. It tastes really good. It's really good in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.